Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, on Sunday, July 2nd in the year 2023. And yes, it is July, and the year is half over, and I cannot believe it. <laughs> and I, I say this every week, right? I can't believe it. It's June. I can't believe it. It's July. Yeah, it's it's really astounding how quickly everything is passing, um, especially when you look at things from an astrological perspective. For example, Friday, Neptune went retrograde, right? Now, of course, we look to when Neptune goes direct. We think, okay, this is going to be a few months, and Neptune goes direct in early December. So I'm already talking about December, and we're not, you know, nearly anywhere near December, right? So this is... This is an interesting thing. We, you know, from an astrological perspective, you want things to move and you want things to shift and grow and change. But outer planet transits are much longer than, you know, say Mercury and Mars and Venus. But we experience these shifts and changes with the outer planets when they do make these retrograde stations and these um, shifts forward, these direct stations. And so we now have both Pluto and Neptune and Saturn, and they're all retrograde. And of course, Neptune and Pluto are outer planets, and Saturn is the last visible planet. So it's not quite outer because we can see it. And, you know, when these planets spend half the year in retrograde, we start to look at the perspective of that. That means half the population, and this is not something new. This has been going on forever. You know, half the population has retrograde planets from Saturn on out. And even so Jupiter, Jupiter spends about four months retrograde. But, you know, I live my natal chart with Uranus and Pluto retrograde. Both of them were retrograde when I was born. And by progression, they will not go direct. They went too long into the retrograde after I was born. So, uh, and this is the, this is the case. And so these are, these are planets that ask us to do more introspective work. And we gain very much from doing the introspective work. Now, Pluto, as we know, is retrograde in Capricorn. And it went retrograde back in April and stayed in Aquarius. But we are in this retrograde until October. And then it will not go back. It will stay in Capricorn and not go back into Aquarius till January 21st of next year. Now, on that note, we are in cancer season, and cancer is the opposite sign of Capricorn. And so this is going to be the last in our lifetime season of cancer, the sign of cancer with the sun in the sign of cancer, that we have with Pluto in Capricorn. Because next year, Pluto will go into the sign of Aquarius in January and stay there and it won't come out of Aquarius and slide back into Capricorn until it's almost stationing direct from the retrograde next year. So this is the last Cancerian season with Pluto in the sign of Capricorn and I bet the Cancerians are happy to hear that <laughs> because this is the last time that you know, Pluto will be opposing the Cancerian sun, okay? And that is 
that is an interesting dynamic just because when I think about the last three, four years and I think about where Saturn was, that Saturn was in Capricorn and Pluto was in Capricorn, and I remember four years ago those eclipses we had with Saturn on the south node and how intense it was to have both Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn and then the following year it was Jupiter joining them in 2020 and we know what happened in 2020, but it was such a dramatic time, especially when the three planets ganged up together in Capricorn. We were calling them the COVID cluster. Um, for the opposition, for the people who live with the sun in Cancer or have lots of planets in Cancer, they were really getting slammed with a huge amount of energy from those planets and their lives inevitably changed. Yes, lots of people's lives inevitably changed, but on a one-to-one -one level, Cancerians really got the brunt of it. So they are going to be relieved after this season when they no longer have to deal with Pluto in their sign for long periods of time. So onward, um, the other planet that has not gone retrograde yet is Uranus, and that won't happen till August or so. And that is the one that we're going to talk about right now because the, the Venus aspect to Uranus, we talked about this last week, on one end it was like a bookend, remember Mars squared Uranus and then Venus squared Uranus. And I have to say, this was an interesting dynamic week. It was very dynamic. Why? I had lectures to attend every single day this week, every day. And they were all educational lectures. They weren't the same person lecturing. They were five different lectures by five different speakers. <laughs> and um, I learned so much this week. And I think for me, the dynamic was education. And Uranus is like in my, is in my 10th house now. But I learned so much from all of that that I feel like it really moved me forward in many ways, in many respects. Um, you know, Dr. Joe did his monthly call, and he did it on a Q&A on Tuesday. Um, there was a mastermind inner circle on Wednesday. Uh, I had a German New Medicine lecture on Thursday. On Monday, there was a Cosmos conversation with the people who brought us Cosmos and psyche and and changing of the gods and that was that was interesting and then my coach Ireland did something on Friday so this was this was a very educational week for me and I think that's how this Uranus worked out Uranus is always an opening to learn something to um, elevate your consciousness because it is a transcendental planet now maybe more people experienced it as relationship dynamics I had less of that but more educational dynamics and really a fascinating number of discussions this week as a result of that. And these were all good. Everything was good. I learned something from all of it. And I really felt like this was, this was a week of education. So that made me very happy. Um, I'm always happy when I'm learning new things and the, the mind is expanded. And I think Uranus, even though it isn't Taurus, I think it always presents opportunities to expand one's mind and to expand the information we receive. So Venus is squaring Uranus now. 
and we start to look at our relationships, especially our romantic relationships in a different way, our relationship with money, the energetics of money, money is an energy just like everything else on this earth, it has energy. And so the energetics of money is another uh, topic that was touched on this week. And the Venus to Uranus is always a good uh, indicator of that, like really understanding the energetics of money. Um, and to understand the energetics of money is really helpful so that you don't get stuck in a matter-to-matter -matter situation earning money, right? So this was this was a really interesting, interesting week, uh, I found. And the Sun-Mercury conjunction always helps with educating oneself as well, receiving information. And the Sun and Mercury have been close together all week, so I think that probably was part of it um, and the sign of cancer. So I think, I think that was really part of it. And they were uh, experiencing a sextile uh, to Jupiter, which is always about expansion as well. So this was a really, really interesting week. But now we are in July, and... I want to talk a little more about this Venus because Venus, remember, Venus is going to go retrograde this month. And Venus is, she just made her first square to Uranus, okay? And that was just now, you know, that was today. And she's going to make two more squares. So Venus is going to square Uranus on August 8th. And I know people like that as the Lion's Gate portal. That was my mother's birthday, August 8th. And uh, so that's the second square. When she retrogrades and then goes back and reaches Uranus again, close to this point. And then there'll be a third square. And that is after the retrograde is over. So she'll go direct about the 3rd or 4th of September. And then by September 30th, she will make her final square to Uranus. She's also squaring Jupiter. Now, remember, she squared Jupiter on the 11th of June. For the second time, she will square Jupiter on 821. So that's later because Jupiter is earlier, earlier than Uranus is in Taurus. And then that'll be during the retrograde. And then she will direct herself at early September and then square Jupiter for the last time on the 16th of September. So this is... A very interesting dynamic we have going on. We have two simultaneous stories going on with Venus. She's going to square Jupiter three times. She's going to square Uranus three times. And this is all during her retrograde. It's very exciting. It's provocative. It's expanding. It's educational. It's really fascinating to watch this because there were some really... Uh, wonderful expansive moments around the 11th of June and then for me at least there were more expansive moments in these last couple of days so I think this is something really that we want to pay attention to and we want to note the story so what story is happening for you today what story has happened for you this weekend what story has happened as you lived through the end of June into going into July what are you living right now? Is it a relationship story? Is it an educational story? Is it a financial story? 
what is it? Is it as a house story? You know, maybe something's going on with your home. You've got to do repairs, do the roof or something. Now, yeah, it could be boring like that. <laughs> it could be like we're replacing the roof. So la-di-da, you know, Uranus is in Taurus. <laughs> Venus is money. We got to send money out to repair the roof, whatever. But there's something, there's something really uh, dynamic happening. Now, Venus is all about love and relationships and what we desire it's also, you know, what we desire, we want to buy, you know, it's money too. So what is it that sparks right now with Uranus? Because Uranus really is the sparkly, a very sparkly lightning kind of energy. And how do we use Venus with Uranus? Were there surprises? Did you have any surprises? Um, maybe there's some like good surprises that happened, but it is a challenge Okay, so maybe something good came out of a challenge. Maybe you had some dynamics with another person that you didn't expect. It's it's a good it's a good story. It's a good story to begin. Now this is chapter one. Chapter two comes August eighth. Chapter three comes September thirtieth. So something's unfolding for you. So pay attention. Look at the story. What's what's the story about? What is it that you might be? up leveling at this time because Uranus wants us to up level and it may be a financial thing you know energetics Uranus is a highly energetic planet and energetics always top strategies so something energetically could be going on where you have a shift a mindset shift in your relationships or in your financial world look for that Uranus in these respects might not be a hit over the head explosive dynamic. It could be a subtle awakening. Okay. So don't say, well, nothing happened. Guaranteed you're going to change something over these next weeks and months. Okay. So pay attention to that. Then we have a full moon. Now the moon is already in the sign of Capricorn and we have a full moon because the sun is in Cancer, and this is happening tomorrow. It is rather early in the day. Um, it is at 7.39 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow, July 3rd. I think a lot of people are experiencing a, a holiday weekend in the, in the Northeast in the United States. Um, so I think that it's the extended weekend, but it is a full moon. So go out and look at the moon. Go out and look at the moon, and this is the full moon of the cancer season and it's always the full moon is always in Capricorn so again here we are with that Capricorn cancer dynamic that I mentioned earlier and that's happening now and at least we're not in a place where it is triggering Pluto but it is making a quite nice relationship to Jupiter and quite a nice relationship to Saturn so I do think this will be a productive full moon you know it'll set the tone for the week even though it's a short week up in the U.S. Uh, for the rest of the world, it could be a really nice uh, week to work through things, to uh, get some things accomplished. Capricorn is ambitious. It's, it's an earth sign. It loves achievement. And so with a nice relationship to Saturn, its ruling planet, even though Saturn's in Pisces, it's like, yeah, I'm going to get things done this week. So if you arrive at something that is very clear and very, um, you know, concrete, then this is something 
that the full moon is bringing to you. And Jupiter is in Taurus, another earth sign. So this is a really nice, um, a nice compatibility with Jupiter as well. It's a trine. So we're looking at some really good energy around this full moon. And this is good because I think the last bunch have been a little topsy-turvy and now we're really getting into some good productive energy, some stable energy. I think stability is a good thing. That last new moon squaring Neptune, I think was kind of a whopper. <laughs> Anything involved with Neptune is a bit of a whopper. <laughs> so, um, we're not involved with Neptune on this. We're more involved with Saturn and Jupiter. And I think this is, and it's all very positive. It's flowing. So I think this is very good for us. So stabilizing energy. I like that. I like that. Um, then there's some other interesting dynamics this week as Mercury squares Chiron. And, you know, Mercury is obviously the planet of communication and Chiron is where we look at our wounds. So a square is a challenge. This can be something where we get a really good look and we're challenged to look at certain things, beliefs, narratives, anything that might be standing in our way. And Mercury doing this is going to help bring these things out. So it's kind of poking at Chiron to get some information to come forward that may be beneficial for us to heal. And it's always good to heal. And if we've got a nice stable energy going in the background from like Capricorn moon and all, um, as Mercury approaches Chiron, and then the moon goes into Aquarius, uh, this is a really good time for a little bit of analysis, self-analysis. Doesn't mean you need to go into analysis, but this experience of Mercury provoking Chiron can be very beneficial ultimately as we learn new things about ourselves. And so I think that's a positive challenge. You know, um, if we don't get provoked, we're never going to know and we're going to just sit with the same energy. So it's better to provoke a narrative that needs to be released, beliefs that need to go away, things that we need to clear in our life to make room to heal, to make room for the bigger, better stuff. This is the last week of Mercury in Cancer. Mercury is just flying through Cancer. It's at 12 degrees of Cancer now. And it's going to be, it's going to be with Neptune, trining Neptune a week from now on next Sunday, the 9th. And that is 27 degrees. So that's really, Mercury is going to move from 12 to 27. That's a lot of energy. That's 15 degrees. That's half a sign just in the next week. Okay, so when Mercury trines Neptune, that's also a good healing notion. And, you know, healing of words, healing words, soft words, um, not criticizing oneself. And that's that's an interesting dynamic as Mercury moves from the square to Chiron to the trine of Neptune this week. And we watch that energy of Neptune um, smoothing over what we learned under the square of Mercury to Chiron. So I, I think this is going to be provocative and then smoothing over healing with Mercury going to Neptune. And so then this is the last week of Mars in Leo. So Mars loves being in that fire, right? And Mars is going to go into Virgo next week. So next week we've got Mercury going into Leo and Mars going into Virgo. And this is going to be an interesting dynamic. 
next week as we start these new cycles. No planets change signs this week except the moon, but next week two planets will change signs, and we'll talk about that next week on the podcast. But um, there's no air in the sky right now. There really is no air. Um, Everything is in Earth, it's in water, and we've got some fire. There's a lot of Earth and a lot of water. Okay, we've got four planets, as I'm looking at this, four planets in water right now, and three planets, four planets in Earth right now, two in fire. There's nothing, there's nothing in air. And so the thinking principle, this week we'll get some air with the moon going into Aquarius for a couple days, but the thinking analytical principle is going to probably be more suited to when Mars goes into Virgo. Okay, and that's going to be very interesting. Mars is energy. Mars loves being in fire, but it's going to calm down and get practical and also a great time to be looking at your health, um, taking care of health matters. It's, it's good to start a new exercise program when Mars goes into Virgo. And you think, why, why would that be? You know, it's in fire. Yeah, if you're going to go out running right now, sure. But Mars in Virgo is going to encompass everything. You know, it, it will encompass that experience of diet, nutrition, um, being very aware of how much you're walking, how much you might be running, like the, you know, because Virgo is more analytical, right? So if you're exercising, you know, Mars is going to take those measurements in Virgo and it'll be there for a good six weeks weeks or so. And that's really helpful for our well-being and health. So I think to use it that way, not for using it to overwork because Virgo can be very self-critical and overworking. So to use Mars in a way that's going to support our health, that's very positive. Mars, before it goes into Virgo, it's still going to be in Leo this week. And it's making an interesting relationship on Thursday the 6th to Neptune. And that is what we call an inconjunct. And that aspect is a bit of a needling aspect. So the Neptune experience that you might be feeling, you know, Neptune is stationed. It's not, it's moved retrograde, yes, but it's stopped. It's not going anywhere. So anything that touches Neptune throughout the week is going to be an extra dose of it because Neptune is really sort of in one place, not moving. So Mars coming in and giving a needling relationship to Neptune is going to be an interesting dynamic because Mars and Neptune are very different energies. Neptune is the spirit. Neptune is the illusion, the fantasy, the dream, the sleep. Mars is get up and go. Let's make it happen. Assertive, aggressive, warrior and it's poking at Neptune and and this needling aspect and maybe Neptune just doesn't want to be provoked it wants to remain asleep so this is this is a very subtle interesting dynamic now if you feel a little hot under the collar this is normal for a variety of reasons so so stay with me on this this is a triggering aspect it's a needling aspect and you may get triggered about something that is somewhat unconscious. And it's a bit of a, well, what am I so annoyed about? Like you had an interaction and then you're walking away from it and you're going, I haven't felt right since I had that interaction. Neptune's energy slides under the door. And so on Thursday, when this is going on, Mars is also getting triggered and so is Venus by the moon. So 
and you know remember that mercury is triggering chiron at the same time like later on wednesday so between wednesday and thursday there's some dynamics where we may feel triggered these are things that need to be healed if you get triggered and you feel aggravated or agitated or you wanted to i should have said something i didn't say something or anything like that you can be sure that that's something within you that has to be revealed, looked at, let it bubble up to the surface, sit with it, and understand what needs to be healed about that, okay? And then talk to yourself. Ask yourself, well, if this, if I didn't have this story, this story that's triggering me, if that didn't exist in my life, how would I be showing up? How would I be showing up without this story? Okay, now it's the story's not over because Mars is then that it'll be a few days and it might be a different story, but there's there's another trigger happening and that's Mars triggering Pluto on Sunday the 9th. Now that's when Mercury and Neptune are going to be speaking sweetly to one another. So don't be surprised if there's another triggering thing that needs to get resolved. And this is important because um Mars and Pluto are very similar. They're hot, okay? They're warriors, they're fighters, they're bloody. They're, you know, the, when you get a Mars-Pluto going on, you know, then there's like deep, insistent transformation going to happen. So it's the same inconjunct aspect that Mars is going to do to Pluto. Because remember, Pluto's later, right? Neptune's 27, Pluto's 29. So... Mars is going to come in and make this relationship. Now, this is also something important because Mars is going to create what we call a finger of God between Neptune and Pluto. This is, it's going to go on for a couple of days. So from like Thursday to Sunday, we're having this relationship of finger of God, otherwise known in astrology as a Yod, Y-O-D, and it forms a Y shape. So we've got this Y shape going on and Mars is the handle of it. And if Mars gets agitated on Thursday by the moon and then there's some other agitating aspects on Saturday from the moon to Mars again, we're looking at something that can be needing resolution and we want it right away because Mars is very immediate. Mars is insistent. It wants things done right away. So this is interesting that Mars is dynamically involved with Neptune and Pluto, the retrograde planets that are transformational. They're transitional. They're planets that, that ask for transformation and transcendence. Okay? Then we have to pay attention to these dynamics. If you're triggered, now this may be something fleeting and then it puts you in a mood and it's important to pay attention to this mood because this is something that's really asking for our conscious awareness and healing. Neptune's always going to ask for some sort of healing, okay, or grace or forgiveness, something. And there may be a dynamic where you are it's raining. If you hear this hiss in the background, that's rain. Okay. It, there's this dynamic where you need to work through a piece of your own story. So this is a very interesting and not often aspect that happens. 
Neptune and Pluto have this sextile relationship that's gone on and off. It was in place for decades, and then it sort of went off, and now it's sort of in place again. Sextile is a flowing aspect, but if something comes over on the other side of the zodiac and triggers them, this is very important to pay attention to. Mars is a big-time trigger. Mars is triggering anyway. Mars comes in and says, like the other day, remember Mars was scaring Uranus, and I said, be careful, you know, don't be conscious when you're driving, don't use road rage. Mars is like that. Mars is very much about the, the uh, assertiveness, the, the stepping in and saying something when nobody else wants to say something, the, the provocativeness. You know, Mercury can be a little provocative too, more with words, but Mars can take actions that are provocative. Maybe someone in your life will take an action that feels provocative to you, and you're like, well, what the hell is that? And why am I so annoyed? And, and walking through this dynamic from Thursday to Sunday next week is going to be very interesting. Then once Mars gets into Virgo... And that won't happen um, until Monday the 10th. And that's relatively early on Monday the 10th. Then this will dissipate because Mars is in a new sign, looking forward to doing something healthy, healing, you know, health-oriented. But when it's dawdling around with Neptune and then Pluto, it's going to have some repercussions. There is going to be a dynamic that is special for us to work out. And it's asking for our attention. So yods don't happen very often. And they are an uncommon aspect. And some of us have them and some of us don't. And, but they are, they are complicated. They deepen the relationship. They deepen our experience of something. And my instinct about this is something very profound and powerful can come forward now and ask for healing and forgiveness. So this is a big portion of the end of next week. So here we are, we're going into our full moon and then and the rain is like coming down harder now. <laughs> and um, when we get into that Mercury Chiron on Wednesday and then we start to move into this with Mars, there's going to be something that feels raw and there's going to be something that we need to address that's in the rawness of it and there may be some tears and that's good and allow this trigger to not piss you off and you take retaliation because Pluto and Mars can do that Pluto can, all right you want you want action I'm going to take some action and then we get into this retaliation mode, which which can be very Plutonian. I'm going to get you back for this. Um, or I'm going to fight with you on this. Sit with it. Work with it and allow it to wash over you and understand it. It could be something very deep and raw that wants your attention and asks for, you know, healing and forgiveness. And this is so important. Mars doesn't do this very often, okay? The fact that this is happening is very profound. It's very powerful. We're looking towards some very interesting dynamics that's going to open up a door of some sort that we need to address, okay? So don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Just don't get pissy and then, like, walk away and go do something else. There's something in this for each of us. Okay, there's something very tender here that's asking for our attention. 
And I, I tell you this as a means of giving you this information, because that's my job, to better enhance and enlighten your life. If this Mars and Pluto were happening hours away from the Mercury and Neptune happening next Sunday, then yes, there are some words that can be soothing and healing. So seek the healing in this. Don't seek the aggravation. Don't seek the warrior energy. Seek the healing. And that's what's going to be really important later on in the week. So that's a very deep movement this week, okay? Very deep. Don't avoid it. Asking for your attention. And that's about it before we, in, in these moments, before two, two planets change signs, they're going to do some deep work and they're going to escort us through some deep work. So do that. Do that this week. See what it is. Journal about it. That could be really, really helpful. You know, really journaling about this. And seek to the, go to the next level with it. Okay. I'm Deb McBride. This is the Golden Astrologer Podcast. I am delighted to be here for you every Sunday, and I thank you for listening. You can get in touch with me and have a session with me, if you'd like, by my website, which is thegoldenastrologer.com. You can go to book online and book a variety of different sessions with me, including now Expansion Mentoring, which is starts at a three-month process, two sessions per month. And if you'd like more information about that, you can email me, info at thegoldenastrologer.com or deb at debmcbride.com, and I can tell you more about that. And there is also my Instagram, which is the Golden Astrologer, where I put some astrology videos up discussing what's going on. And I also do some other types of work, such as Reiki, then there's also emotional clearings and stuff that I do. But I invite you to look at my website and see what's going on because there's lots of stuff there for you. Gratitude to everyone for listening, to being part of this audience, this podcast. Gratitude to all of you for coming to me on Instagram. And I thank you so much. Have a beautiful week. Enjoy the full moon. Go out and look at it. Take pictures of it. Bask in the moon. Bask in the moonlight and just connect to that energy. It's an earth moon. It's in Capricorn. If you can, go out barefoot. Stand on the ground on the earth and look at the moon. Beautiful week to you all. Thank you for listening.